Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. When man had power over man to his hurt, when man is leading man, it is going to hurt because we're imperfect. Then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place and were praised in the city where they had done such things. This also is vanity. Solomon is saying, listen, when man is in leadership, it is going to hurt and it's going to be the, the, the country, the government, would not always perform its duties to its citizens the way it's supposed to. And he's going to go off into an illustration, once again, changing gears with no clutch, Solomon. Come on. You know? But he says, I saw a, a man who was very wicked. Or, or quite a few guys, they were very wicked. And it almost sounds like Solomon's coming back from the funeral of this wicked man who died. And he goes there, and this wicked man went to church every day, in and out, and people were like, wow, what a great guy. But everybody knew he was wicked. And the funeral, they all sing good things about him. Oh, he was a great guy. Have you ever been to a funeral where you know the guy was a sleazeball? But they're like, oh, this man, you know, he's in heaven looking down on us. I'm like, heaven, really? He had nothing to do with Jesus. Why would Jesus let him into heaven? You know, like he hated Jesus while he was on earth. But we all talk good about it. And Solomon's saying, listen, man, the country does that to, to its people. Right? When they see injustice, they're just praising him like as if, you know, he was a saint. And that's going to happen. A broken government doesn't dish out justice. And oftentimes the wicked are praised. And what happens when this justice is not executed. Verse 11, very important verse for the time and season we're walking in. It says, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. If you don't believe in the sovereignty of God, that verse has got to nudge you closer towards believing the sovereignty of God. This is crazy because when I read this, when we started off on the book of Ecclesiastes, I had no idea how to make this chapter come alive. Look at the world around you right now. Look at our country. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily. It's not that they're not doing it. It's not happening fast enough for the people that feel oppressed, for the people that feel like there's got to be retribution. The heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. I want to pause real quick and tell you this is not a command. This is not saying, hey, listen, you're upset. Go burn the streets down. But this is an observation of the heart of man. When you watch a man in authority abuse his power and get up and walk away and get in his car and go home it did make my blood boil and I can only imagine those who are living under the lie that they are good for nothing because of the color I can imagine this verse coming alive justice is not executed speedily and the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil but I want to tell you child of God if this is you feeling torn and you want to tear the place down it's evil it's because you're not trusting the sovereignty of God. I'm not agreeing with the chaos around that's going on in our nation. And I have no idea how those people who are stealing TVs can hang it up on their wall and watch it knowing that a man died for you to get that. That's sinful. That's wicked. Don't participate in that. If that's you, repent, give it back and bow your knee to Jesus and say, please forgive me. I don't know how you can do that. I don't know how some of you can grab toys and run from stores. But do you see how wicked man's heart is? And if man's heart can be this wicked, what makes you think that the people in authority, that they are righteous and holy, they are wicked too. And they are going to do, they're going to make mistakes. And they are going to do evil deeds, just like civilians do. And that's why it's important for us to recognize that above all of this, there's a sovereign God. But when justice is not served fully, quickly, and effectively, those are oppressed will take justice into their own hands. Now, I, I do understand. And I had a conversation about this with a good friend of mine. We do have a system 
that says you're innocent until you're proven guilty we do our Lord demands that everyone should have a fair trial and I agree with that but when the system over protects the criminal at the expense of the victim that my friend is a crime we need strong fair impartial judges who can get to swift just punishment Robert Frost noted a jury is 12 people deciding which one has a better lawyer we do we are living in a broken system we are living in a broken world no matter how much we've tried to soften the blow of wickedness we are living in a world where the guilty goes unpunished we are living in a world where the innocent is affected and as long as the other day I was reading the news when a guy uh, finally was released a girl who accused him of rape finally after seven years or something like that came out and said well that didn't really happen what do you do believers wh wh what do we do in times of do we pick up our guns and go start shooting people what do we do do we do we wrap our bibles in the american flag and say the government is our hope or do we just close our eyes shut our ears and not pay taxes to the government and say the government is evil and we'll just meet in our little catacombs called churches we cannot do that we got to recognize that while we're living in a broken system we do render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar but we fix our eyes on the kingdom that is to come we fix our eyes on Jesus we fix our eyes on a God who's sovereign over it all Solomon the next two verses says that the system might be corrupt but God can overrule it I love it the system might be corrupt but God can overrule it we've seen this all throughout the book of Acts the system was corrupt but who overruled it God overruled it it's beautiful but look at verse 12 though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God because they fear before him please 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 I beg you this morning have an eternal perspective have an eternal perspective of the suffering you're walking through in fact I want to switch gears a little bit I know we talk about civil unrest but can I talk to the children who are being abused by their parents right now can I talk to you young ones who feel hopeless and helpless right now a sinner can do evil a hundred times and prolong his life your dad might be stronger than you and your mom might, have, might be turning a blind eye and it can seem like your dad or your abuser is prolonging his life in evil you're worried why lightning has not struck him and killed him the Bible says yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God because they fear before him because you know what there's a day coming when all of those people will have to stand before God and I'm sorry that in this temporary life you have to feel such eternal pain but I promise you that there's an eternal God who promises you eternal peace while you go through this pain in this life verse 13 says but it will not be well with the wicked neither will he prolong his days like a shadow because he does not fear before God there's a vanity that takes place on earth that there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked and there are wicked people to whom uh, to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked and there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous I say that this also is vanity what he's saying is in this world good people are treated as though they are wicked and wicked people are treated as though they are good once again if you're a child that's listening to me no matter what color you are no matter what age you are if you're being abused you might not have a voice right now and you might not know who to reach out to there's a God who's watching it all you might be beaten and it can seem like your parents look like such great people or that your abuser looks like such a great person in society 
And as I was praying this morning, this is a word that I believe God wants to speak to someone out there. I don't know who it is. Our heart feels very heavy for you. And if you're the abuser, I want to warn you, you need to repent this morning. And you need to get your hand off that child. Because there's a day coming when everyone will be judged. And you, my friend, are going to face a severe wrath of God. You might get away with the child being younger than you or this child being not as powerful as you. But watch it. God is sovereign. And you're storing up wrath for yourself. Sure, you might be respected in the, in the city like Solomon writes. You're a wicked person, but you go in and out of the holy places. You might be a pastor. You might be a Christian leader. You might know the Bible really well. Watch it. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 22. The wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. A day is coming for the wicked when they'll be cut out of the land. When leaders... People in authority are abusing their power. There's coming a day when they'll be uprooted and thrown out. Psalm chapter 11 verse 4 says, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. In other words, his gaze goes back and forth, testing the children of man. He's watching everything. He's watching. He's watching. Leaders, he's watching. Garment leaders, he's watching. Those of you that take bribes, he's watching. Those of you that abuse those who are not in power, he's watching. Those of you who are letting your mouth run amok, he's watching. And those of us who are in leadership, those of us who are in authority, we have a commitment to those that are under our leadership, just like how this, the country has its commitment to its people. And there is a time when the people will put their foot down and stand up for their rights. And we've seen this all throughout, when the marginalized will stand up and fight for their cause. But sadly, because we're in a broken world, that marginalized will become the oppressor eventually. And I've seen this in my country, and I've seen this around the world. How should we respond to civil unjust, in injustice that's going on in our world? Do we run from it? Do we deny it? Do we get angry and try to overtake the government? The last thing Solomon says is, you gotta have an upward view like we've been seeing all along, trusting that God's sovereign, trusting that even though the government does have its obligation towards you, and they would not fulfill it, and, and yes, God knows the heart of man, we as believers need to have an upward view, and what he says is actually, in my notes I was writing, I got angry, and I was like, really Solomon, this is what you're prescribing, he says, your joy will come from looking to God, your joy will come from looking to God, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're an immigrant, whether you're poor, rich, whatever race you're from, whatever nationality you're from, whatever language you speak, and how are you being ostracized and criticized? When you look to God, your joy will come only from Him. We saw earlier that we're never going to have a perfect government while we're here on this earth. There's always going to be cracks, and people are going to fall through those cracks. Verse 15. Solomon says, and I commend joy. Come on, Solomon. Come on, man. What are you smoking? Look at the world around you and you say, and I commend joy. Okay, COVID-19 got everybody locked up in their homes and churches closed and businesses are already trying to survive and barely make it and many businesses are gone. And now there are thousands of people out in the street carrying on the business that are trying to survive, the, the business that did survive and people are losing their lives. And he says, and I commend joy. Oh, you want to know what my prescription to all of this is? Um, joy. <laughs> you kidding me? Let's listen to this. And I commend joy, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. Now, you might be sitting there and thinking, well, it's easy for a white person to be happy right now. 
No, 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 not at all. Uh, you know, you might be sitting there and thinking that, hey, Joel, it's easy for you to be happy right now because you're not in India where people are starving. Um, not at all. I believe that God, God's word is relevant to everybody because everyone is looking for truth. And the truth is that when we live in this world, you are going to have injustice. And sometimes it's going to be great and sometimes it's not going to be as huge and big. But there's always going to be injustice. But what the Bible tells us, prescribing for us while we go through this life is to learn to be joyful in the Lord. And this is the fourth time he's telling us in eight chapters to be joyful, to eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 16, he's going to unpack this a little bit more of why and how. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, how neither day nor night do one's eyes see sleep. What he's saying is when you apply wisdom and see the affairs of the world, we come to three solid conclusions. Number one, he recognizes that there's no perfect human system of government. There's never going to be rest because there is no perfect human system of government. You can try your best to, you can run for office, and, and I love that, you know, there are leaders that have done great for this country, there are leaders that have done great for many uh, countries around the world, but they're still not going to be a perfect country. Over, over the years, I mean, for human history, we've tried tribalism, right? We've tried families that's, that tries to form a government, we've tried uh, judges, we see that in the, in, the, in the Bible, we've seen monarchy, or dynasties, or kings, uh, we've seen democracy, but it's all failed because it's all ruled by imperfect people. There is no rest. There is no shalom that God has promised. And Solomon is saying, listen, man, you're never going to get rest. Don't forget to be joyful and don't run around trying to find peace here on this earth because you're not going to find it. You're only going to find it in Jesus. So find your joy in him. And then he says, verse 17, then I saw all the work of God that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However much he may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. No matter how much you search, you cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. No matter how much you work, you will never find it out. Even though a wise man claims to know, he cannot find it out. He's saying no matter how much you try to find this peace, to find this comfort, to find this perfect kingdom, you're never going to find it. And that's why he says, listen, make the best of what you have. Make the best of what you have. Your joy will come from looking to God when you make the best of what you have. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 